0: Hey everyone, it's Mallow, your host of Identico After Dark and the creative director here for Identico. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Gamer's Heaven, and their newest location just north of Seattle, Washington. There, in a family-friendly and welcoming environment, you can play tabletop or video games, read manga, or just relax with friends and sample some amazing drinks from their boba tea bar. If you want to learn more, log on to gamersheavenseattle.com to see hours and location now let's get on with the show hello fringers the following podcast may not be suitable for all ages listener discretion is advised oh hello everyone uh, welcome to tonight's episode of Identico After Dark, a live podcast where we talk about video games, TV, music, movies, and more. My name is Mallow, I am your host for tonight, and joining me, as he always does, is my co-conspirator, Alex the Humanoid. Alex, welcome, sir.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's been a like, we changed topics like mid-stride because everything <laughs> changed this week. <laughs> like, oh, look! <laughs> yep. We'll get, stuff
0: we'll get to that here in a second joining us on the panel tonight you know him uh, from the rpg academy podcasts. you also know him from chaos incorporated right here on this channel a good friend of the show is caleb
2: howdy cats and kittens
0: yeah there it is the return of the iconic welcome message.
2: Well, people started stealing it, and then it just wasn't fun. So, <laughs> so bringing did. it back now. You,
0: you got it. You got it. Where you could have the solo show tonight with yeah. us, because you knew we yeah. weren't gonna crib on it. I like it. I like yeah. it. All right, yeah. that's cool. That's true. I like that. That's true. I like it. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight, as always, if you want to support the show uh, and you've got a Prime subscription, we're right here on Twitch, so drop a little Prime sub for us, Uh, Bits Follows, all that good stuff goes to support the show. Uh, Also, we are now affiliated with Hero Forge, so if you like to make custom uh, tabletop miniatures for your D&D, Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, or, I don't know, an Identico game, because they have a lot of new sci-fi and cyberpunk things there... The link is now in the description. It'll be in the title here on YouTube as well when you watch it back later. Uh, Mm -hmm. Go give those a look every time you purchase or even sign up for the subscription service, which actually gives you a lot of great uh, STL files if you are into that kind of thing about printing your 3D uh, miniatures at home. Or if you're like me and you will need to make uh, characters really (laughs) quick and you need tokens for like virtual tabletop games and stuff, that's all part of the subscription now. So go use that link. Check it out. Uh and uh, support the show. You can support the show with that. It's one of our first sponsors. We've been talking about people sponsoring this show for years, and Hero Forge is the first one to come through. So thank you so much for helping us out. Uh, thank you very much you know, for, for tuning in and helping us out from there. So, um, Also, if you want to learn more about the show and you want to support or jump into it, go to www.playidentico.com. Uh, There you can find our core rulebook, you can find merch, you can find swag, you can find freebies, all the good stuff, and learn more about the game and the world uh, that this uh, podcast is kind of grown out of. We play the actual RPG on Mondays, we do the podcast here on Wednesdays. Uh, You can also check our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com, and just search Identico, uh, where you can find Angel City Stories and all of the past episodes of uh, this here the, the identical after dark podcast, as well as all of the past episodes of chaos Inc. And if you're not following chaos Inc, let me tell you, you are missing some spicy. Oh, spicy meatballs on that one. That's getting good. It's getting good. Um, and it's also not, there's only 15 episodes up currently, so it's not a whole lot to catch up to. So I promise you, you can make it and catch up with it quickly. But in those 15 episodes, a lot of stuff has gone down and it's really good.
2: So. most importantly a lot of discussion about clothing and a nice. lot of discussion about food
0: yep if if our is, if, if our game is known for anything it will be the food especially
2: very important yep
0: we actually did a uh, a one shot with caleb and some other folks uh a long long <laughs> time ago and that centered heavily around food as well uh mm-hmm. and then we did yeah so it's all over the place tamales yes yes a lot of tamales in that one too uh maybe the chaos inc crew will get on the tamale train here soon enough we'll see we shall bring back
2: the deconstructed grilled cheese ah yeah for the hardcore fans that know where that comes from
1: yeah one point you used like powdered peanut butter
2: (sighs) yeah yeah it was uh it it was a it was a cooking challenge you know you got to rise to the task what what chef throws at you you just got to roll with it (laughs)
0: there you go (laughs) It's our own version of Iron Chef, man. I tell you what. <laughs> Cyber Chef. So tonight, uh, if you can't tell by the the stream title, tonight our main story uh, is we were going to talk about some other stuff, but our main story tonight is now talking about Microsoft's ac- ac- acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Three uh, times fast. Yeah, right? <laughs> I even rehearsed that in my head before we started the show. Um, it came down this week. Uh, first off, it came down this week that that uh, Activision had let off uh, and punished several folks for, as part of the fallout of their discrimination uh, settlements, and basically Bobby Kotick and the S team being a bunch of jerks. Um, to put it lightly, there's a very toxic work environment, and uh, some information had come out about that this week. Uh, and turns out a day later, we find out why so many people were let go and punished is because they were clearing the way for Microsoft to finish an acquisition of, uh, Activision and Blizzard for 68.7 billion with the B dollars. That is one of the, uh, I believe one of the most expensive video game acquisitions outside of getting a Gen 1 Atari. Um... Or something like that terrible joke anyways moving on uh so basically as of press time as of this the acquisition was just announced earlier this week it's got to go through a year's worth of regulation review and things like that not just here in the united states but actually worldwide where outside of the u.s it's getting a little tough for companies to be merging and doing acquisitions and things like that. And we'll get into that as we go throughout the show. But first off, just kind of want to get some very, like, chat, you know, chime in as we go. It's an interactive podcast, but for our panelists here tonight, I just want to get some very basic kind of uh, reactions and thoughts to this particular merger that's happening. Caleb, why don't you go first?
2: Yeah, I mean... No one needs that much money. No one deserves that much money. (laughs) This is ridiculous. (laughs) It's, I I am definitely out of the loop on all of this stuff. So I've been learning about it just as kind of the headlines have been dropping, but it's just bonkers. I I don't, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Obviously, they just want to consolidate power, pay off a lot of people use it to cover up some stuff probably but geez yeah that much money is just mind boggling and it's stupid
0: that's more than most uh I think per capita GDP in the world let's see um go ahead Alex I'm gonna look up per capita GDP in the world and see how much I, I
1: think it's probably more than a large portion of the planet um I was surprised and I'm actually doing some digging right now uh, just to, to double check to make sure I'm not right wrong with this. So I was surprised by the announcement and here's why. Activision is still under open investigation. Microsoft is in the tech space and I think Malo will back me up on this, considered one of the more conservative players in the tech space. In the tech space microsoft is grandpa okay microsoft is the okay boomer of tech <laughs> companies <laughs> okay <laughs> that's who they are and so such an nadella and microsoft making this big of a deal for a video game company that granted is extremely profitable but is still under active sec investigation hasn't finished all their stuff with the state of California or the federal government on the discrimination side of the things that surprised me. And then what surprised me more was that they weren't buying it at a discount. Um, As of the, the moment the deal was announced, Activision stock was trading at about, hang on, we'll pull it up was trading at 65 bucks a share. So Microsoft was offering 30 bucks a share above market price. Mm -hmm. For the acquisition. If they were like, look, we're gonna come in here at like 52, 55, I get it. Or even at share cost. Uh, A 30 buck premium on Activision in the state that they're in right now. Well, surprised me
0: well so here's the thing is that activision blizzard settled the lawsuit for 18 million dollars recently now but not the sec one yeah but i think the sec one is going to pull off now because of that um because the thing about the sec one is uh the securities and exchange commission portion of it they can they can look into certain pieces but if microsoft comes in and says hey we're just going to take it over i'm probably going to clean house in one meeting, the SEC will be like, okay, prove it. And then we might figure something out later because it will technically be a different company at that point. And so, um, it's, it's an interesting kind of like pull for this because, um, the EEOC stuff with California is settled, uh, with a paycheck because the judge denied the intervention, to the settlement. Oh, they
1: denied the appeal? I didn't they say denied, they the, denied appeal, the appeal, and appeal. so the $18 okay.
0: million went through. So basically, $18 million of that $68 billion just basically went to pay off their fines is essentially so, what happened,
1: is what it will, you
0: know, once it goes out in the wash. So like, real,
1: it's kind of a steal. <laughs> real quick, I want to answer tip in chat. Okay. Um, Microsoft has been through antitrust before. Does anyone remember the 90s? Yes. yes. Now here's the deal. This isn't gonna. This is gonna sail. At least in the U.S., it's gonna sail through regulatory approval. This is nothing like Microsoft's antitrust issues that they were found guilty of Mm in the '90s. They're buying Activision now. If they turned around and in a month tried to buy EA, that would probably that would probably catch the regulators, and they'd probably go, "Eh, "Nope, sorry, you can't do that." The video game industry is just, just dispersed enough to where this kind of an acquisition isn't gonna put them in control of a level of market share that's going to get the feds to stop it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, even when you look at, at other similar like acquisitions in other media like the Disney acquisition of Fox, right? when this when the feds went in they said okay the only thing you can't have is fox sports because you have espn mm-hmm. so no you can't buy that that has to be sold to somebody else right and they broke them off. The, yeah and i i think news division ended up keeping a bunch of it because that was the one piece of fox that disney wanted yeah. no part of was fox news they were like no we don't want that you can keep it say um, what you will about
0: the house of mouse but that was a solid <laughs> That was a solid, that was a solid choice. They're just like,
2: no. Yeah. They make up enough stuff in regular Disney movies. They don't need Fox news.
0: Right. And at least in the Disney movies is more believable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so Strag brings up most purchases are five years worth of profit. This was less than that. So looking at their last 10 K it's actually way less than that on five. And usually these are 10 years. Um, These are generally not a five year. These are generally a 10 year ROI. And even on a 10-year ROI, going at the last 10K they filed, they're not going to recoup um, the cash. This is about controlling certain companies and certain IPs, which are worth more money. Yeah.
0: And, and the thing that I was talking with, uh, I was talking with somebody earlier today about it. Um, the big thing about Activision Blizzard is uh, they do a ton of merchandising. a ton of merchandising especially around overwatch and world of warcraft where they've got a lot of cute things and hearthstone um so it's you know it's very interesting when you kind of come to that whole place uh of what microsoft could be doing there um and and i think it's interesting that you know people kind of go well oh it's going to be a monopoly and all that kind of stuff and it's like well electronic arts is out there epic games is still out there and Tencent Ubisoft. technically owes them, owns them or owns enough of it. Uh, Ubisoft,
1: Nintendo, Nintendo
0: and Sony, which I was looking up uh, Sony Studios or is now PlayStation Studios. Mm-hmm. So I get with with Microsoft's purchase of this right their Their Xbox game studios are basically rare, double fine. World's Edge in exile. Uh, Turn 10 343, who just released uh, Halo. Coalition, Mojang, uh Undead Obsidian, uh Compulsion, Ninja Theory, Playground and the Xbox Game Studio publishing sort of team mm-hmm. that'll roll up them. Then under the Bethesda ZeniMax basically, you've got Bethesda mm-hmm. IDE Tango, Machine Games Arcane, ZeniMax Online Alpha Dog and Roundhouse. Now with Activision Blizzard, you get Treyarch, Raven, High Noon, Infinity Ward, Toys for Bob, uh Beanox, Sledgehammer, Blizzard, and then the big one, which I kind of think more than anything, was the cherry on top of the cake. They now own, well, will own Candy Crush and all of the mobile games that King creates that have yep. basically set the standard in microtransactions
1: on uh, iOS and Android platforms. What's interesting about the King one is it accounts for, I mean, a reasonable size of income but when you look at it as part of the whole it's not huge i was actually surprised and actually malo was talking about this on the pre-show and looking at the 10k malo was right it's call of duty yep. call of duty blew world of warcraft out of the fucking water yep by by factors of 10 uh as a, I as agree a, with the chat, I think part of it is padding out game pass. I think when the acquisition is done, every wow account will be a game pass account.
0: I would be okay with that because I have gone and I will go on the record here as well to say that the minute that Bobby Kotick is no longer involved in Activision Blizzard, i might go back and play world of Warcraft, assuming they can turn the damn storyline around. <laughs> uh, I miss that game. I miss playing an MMO that is actually well designed at least uh i don't care for call of duty i mean it's fine as a twerker type kind of game but like eh like i think it's more along the lines of like looking at your call of duties and stuff like that like halo was not the big splash that they were hoping it would be they did not do a very good job with the uh in-game like skin system and things like that don't get me wrong I actually enjoy playing the hell out of halo right now because it's back Mm -hmm. to the old halo it's good Mm -hmm. but it's back to the old halo which means it's you know your best stuff was back in college with a 12-pack sitting and doing split screen with your with your buddies like Mm -hmm. that was the best times of halo around like halo 2 you know um eh, online now it's a lot it's a big different type of game you know it might be a late saturday night kind of thing call of duty man is the league they've got see because the other thing about this is that not only do they have call of duty they'll have call of duty league they'll have the overwatch league you know the hearthstone tournaments like they have all of that stuff that'll be coming around because at that point that puts them in direct competition with the other little bellevue company (laughs) that happens to have a valve coming out of the back of a bald guy's head uh that still owns uh that still owns uh dota and the dota international Mm -hmm. and and how big of a thing that still is right like you've got these centralized kind of places that are doing a lot of business uh and assuming that the world opens back up that's a if this at this point not a win uh you know there's going to be a lot of changes and updates that are going to happen there and i'm interested to see how they move forward with cdl with owl uh and start to make more of a more of a uh esports league push because because xbox had not had that they've partnered with like madden and ea and done all these kind of things
1: but halo was the closest they got and it's kind of died off um I don't know. Do you think, Caleb, I'm curious about your opinion. Do you think this is good or bad for the industry with a with one of the powerhouses taking somebody who obviously was, was running into the crapper? We all know that WoW has been tanking for a couple of years now. They lose a lot Classic of people WoW, WoW. WoW Classic helped them for a minute, and then it kind of like, that was it. It was a minute. So I'm curious what your, your thoughts are. So... I
2: think ultimately, it's probably going to be a good thing. Um, I, I think all of the the corporate structure and what they're doing to get out of doing other things and what they're consolidating is probably pretty shady, but that's because everything corporate is pretty shady. But if we're talking about the positive impact on gamers, on the industry, on the end product users, I think we're probably going to see some good stuff coming out of it. Um, I, I feel like a lot of this is going to become like that unified experience that is becoming a, a very trendy kind of topic, a very trendy way to pitch things. Uh, I feel like we're probably going to see some of that more unified presentations of, OK, you can play the game and then you can you can socially interact, and then you can you can do things on mobile. At, at like at the end of the day, I think they're trying to show show the average gamer, the average user that we, Microsoft, will deliver everything you want from from playing the game and socializing about the game and that kind of thing. They're like Disney did.'re we're, we're just that entertainment conglomerate. They're trying to become that mm-hmm. that gaming, Conglomerate.
1: So, so button hooking off that that like it, that full scale integration stuff like that. Do you think this pushes us? Because I've been watching this for a while and I've been waiting. Do you think this gets us further and further down the road of we're not going to own games anymore? you're gonna 100%, have 100%. we haven't owned games, games in and gate
0: fucking we don't know we don't years. own that stuff now <laughs> yeah i like i buy like i
1: buy a few games and you're like i bought new no World, you right? you license those games at least if you, least do if you go back
0: and read <laughs> the agreement that you paid to steam or whatever you have licensed those games you have not mm-hmm. purchased a thing
1: uh board so, games are the so only like,
0: times you actually own anything
1: i have discs for a ps5 um that don't My work if they don't want you to. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> My thing is, 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 does this push us further away from? Because even now, like, you can walk into a Target and buy a Switch game, right? Are we just going away from the we're going to own games? Everything's just going to get added to Microsoft Game Pass and PlayStation yeah. Plus, yeah. and eventually Steam will come out with their version of. Well, Steam's game tried, Pass. but
0: they need to go hire some more people from Amazon or Microsoft that can actually. Uh, build hardware to support
2: you know, they've got the
0: PC market, but ooh,
2: like But like you said, Mallow, they don't the game doesn't work if they don't want you to work it. Yeah. Whether you buy the physical cartridge or disc at Target you still have to connect to online at some point. There's still going to be a patch. And if company X decides, well, we don't want you to play this game unless you have this account Mm -hmm. or unless you have this subscription service, they can throttle it back. They can completely shut it down. They can stop carrying it or providing services or updates, or they can just make it a lousy game experience. And that's 100% where we're going. All entertainment is going to be that licensing of temporary usage.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a great, here's a great example of that, that actually crosses over to the board game market. So, uh, pandemic is Mm -hmm. one of the top selling board games pre pre COVID at least. I don't know what it's like during COVID. Uh, Alex is, you're much closer to that, to those numbers. And than I am when it comes to it. Uh, but it, it has been removed from steam at the request of the publisher pandemic, the the digital rights were recently purchased, I believe, Um, and if you bought a copy of it off of Steam, you're just shit out of luck. (laughs) If you have it downloaded now, you're good to go, but you can no longer download it from Steam, even if you've purchased a copy of it. Now, I don't know if that means you're going to be able to come back and get that later on or what, because all of the rights management and things like that that come along with owning an IP, and Lord knows I know all about that. Uh, who knows? You just, you could just be SOL if you owned a copy of that. And I own a couple of board games in digital format, especially on my phone, because it's fun to play Mm -hmm. while you're traveling or doing whatever. Uh, and those things come in and out of iOS store all the time. And there's a big, you know, court decision that'll be coming regulatory decision, at least coming down, uh, especially from the, it'll probably come from Europe first. And then in the United States of whether, uh, the iOS and Android app stores can be walled gardens or if they have to accept multiple other point pay- payments. It's yeah, the slowly Europeans have been crumbling. That. Like yeah. you, like certain things, you can start to do third-party payments and all like that, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to appease the regulators um, here soon. So I'm interested to see how all of that's going to work uh, in the next couple of weeks. But to exactly your point, Caleb, if the publisher of the game doesn't want you to play it anymore even if you bought it they can just pull it because pandemic's one of those ones where you can play single player but you can also play multiplayer so they just cut off access to the servers which has happened a ton for all the older games that that a lot of us boomers like to play like the servers just go away and you can't play it anymore
1: and well you know and that's the i actually had this discussion uh in relation to D &D with somebody at the store this weekend where they were like you know they were like oh yeah I've just been buying all my books on DD Beyond I said that's gonna be great until DD Beyond's gone right because eventually it's gonna tank right or they're well, just, just gonna stop supporting it th- and then that,
2: what yeah that was what whatever whatever d Beyond was called for fourth edition
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's exactly that what that came we on saw. a disk and you could download it and it was a program you ran locally on your hard drive. Yeah. I remember that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it was the exact same thing. You could have all your character sheets. It was a builder, which you pretty much needed because fourth yeah. edition was ridiculous in how much text you needed. <laughs> but yeah, as yeah. as soon as they as soon as they moved to fifth edition, yeah, a hundred percent, you can still play every old edition of D and D forever. But if you only ever bought it digitally, uh-huh. it's gone.
0: saying the I've, disc was. I've for got 3. the 9. books
2: over there, but yeah. I can't. I can't do it online.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, this comes down to, to GW and things like that. The one credit I will give the board game or the video game industry over the board game industry and the, the analog industry is they have figured out that software patches, version change, that shit's free. Like once you roll, like we're in, right? The, the tabletop industry hasn't quite gotten there yet. Um, I'm curious what's gonna happen with that. Um uh, I, I kinda back
0: w- to EA Well and I kinda wanna I wanna ask from that perspective here. So given the list of companies that I'm that I mentioned to Microsoft earlier and the other companies that you were just mentioning right there, Alex, about EA and stuff like that, it kind of feels a little bit like Microsoft is finally a player in the space. Because if you look at like if you look at what Microsoft had to what Microsoft is now getting and compare it to uh PlayStation's group like PlayStation so, is 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 like they've got Naughty Dog, they've got Media Molecule, they've got Polyphony Digital, San Diego Studio, Santa Monica Studio, you know, Valkyrie like that made
1: God of War like
0: is, their IPs are way better.
1: This is that jockeying for position that they've been doing since the PS2. Yeah. Like Xbox the first Xbox came out and it never could catch up to the PS2. The PS2 was just a better console the 360 finally like they and then with the ps3 and that was such a debacle yes, on was. the part of sony that microsoft managed to search ahead but at the same time they made some boneheaded moves by letting bungie go doing a bunch of other weird stuff and not quite knowing where they wanted to go um and then when they came out with the xbox one and the ps4 microsoft literally and proverbially shat the bed mm-hmm. um first with the no connect is in- integral to xbox one <laughs> until nine months later. it's not really integral yeah. um, and then the the whole can't share games thingy and <laughs> I think it was another discussion I was having this weekend when they were like who remembers the playstation commercial where they had the ceo of fucking sony go here's how you share games on playstation 4 yeah, that was and at and their, their, the, that That was at their E3. Yeah, and they just they just completely blew it yeah. with the Xbox One. And they've been playing catch up with Sony. Now, there was a part of me that felt that because of what Game Pass was doing, that Microsoft was eventually going to get out of the console business. And actually this kind of leads back to this. I have a feeling Microsoft's getting out of the console business. Everything you can play on Xbox, you can play on PC. There are no more Xbox exclusives. Well, it's Xbox and PC
0: exclusive windows exclusive. Actually, that's the brand synergy,
1: but, but anybody can install windows on any box they want to put it on. And it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, my point is, is they don't need the console division anymore. Not
0: really. Yeah, they do. And, and here's why it is still okay. much cheaper to go out and purchase an Xbox especially this generation of Xbox. And you can get the non-disc version of the Xbox, much cheaper, put it in front of your kid, and they are up playing a game in 4K after some download time, versus the, uh, admittedly, $4,000 gaming rig that I have to the right, and the $3,500 render machine that I used to broadcast
1: this on. But you can't play in 4K otherwise. My point was, but you used to be able, now part of this is that the price for parts has gone through the roof because of the scalpers and the crazy people. Because one of my favorite things to do is look up builds mm-hmm. that people would come up with where it was like in this, I saw this a bunch during the Xbox One, PS4 era, was can you build a PC that will outperform an Xbox One and a PS4 for the same price? And the answer is unequivocally, yes, you could at that time with the parts that were available You cannot cannot anymore. You cannot do that anymore. That is true. I'll grant you
0: that. You really all right. So here's the thing about that too is you you could, in theory, have built one that outperformed it back in the the day. But you and you're (laughs) a father and Caleb, you're a dad. Like you know the minute that thing breaks, you're gonna have a child coming to you and being like, Hey, it's not working. What's wrong with it? I don't know, it's not working. It's
2: convenience. A a console, whether it's Xbox, whether it's PlayStation, whether it's Switch, a Game Boy, it's a convenience Mm. package. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that works, and you don't have to try to do it yourself.
1: But so you bring up your point, and this was why my daughter has a Switch and why my my wife was on her 3DS for years. Nintendo is different than Sony and Microsoft, and they have very, very strategically and very intentionally said, we are not competing with Xbox and Sony. Fair we point, don't fair care point. anymore when I go buy a switch cartridge and I stick it in the switch it works right Nintendo is building some great product and I'm I, I'm really happy with what they've done with switch I'm kind of glad they're printing money again that's nice for them right because the Wii U use such a debacle uh, but their stuff just works
0: it does, but they need more than four games for the damn switch that work. Uh, and
1: I don't, I don't <laughs> disagree with you there. They've got like five. Yeah, it's freaking Mario Kart, Smash, Zelda, uh, Mario Maker, and Super Mario. Yeah, it, Mario, it's, a,
2: it's a very different design philosophy to the hundred percent entertainment end product. Absolutely.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, and Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> but the. The point I was I was trying to make, which I think is still fair, is that you can yes, you can one hundred percent build a computer, but then it's way more complicated. I can't build a computer. I'm not smart enough to do that. But I can go buy an Xbox.
0: And if it breaks, you know how to go replace an Xbox. Exactly. Or if they throw a controller through the roof or whatever, <laughs> you know how to replace a controller. Like right. It's yeah.
2: Yeah. So it, if If Microsoft is saying we want to get out of the, the hardware business and focus on like the experience and the properties, Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough to know what that means, but I don't know if that's like, like, is that going to eliminate part of their target audience? Part of their market?
0: Absolutely. You've got, you got, you got the Madden players in
1: the world. Um, alone, right? Play on Xbox. So that's, sorry, that's the one I was forgetting because it's the Madden argument that I always make. People are like, "Why does Madden sell a year?" Because there's a new batch of college freshmen every year who are away from home and go buy Madden to play with their buddies in the dorm, and that's why it will continue to sell 30 million copies a year because there's a new batch of college freshmen that want the latest stuff in Madden.
2: Yeah. I mean at the end of the day Gaming is still a very social experience
0: mm-hmm.
2: Even with all the first person all the, Even with a solo play experience Yes Most games nowadays are It's like solo is an add-on well, you, even you use solo to get to that multiplayer Even in the mm-hmm. indies
0: though You're seeing it in the indies Where Risk of And, and Joe is in the chat They play oh. Risk of Rain too All the time that is a well, that is a that is a co-op game of uh, Project Zomboid which they keep trying to get me into and stuff like that. That is a that is a it could be played solo but it is boring. It's a I don't like the game, it's boring, but it is better when you have a bunch of people trying to work together to survive the zombie apocalypse, right? You know. Um, so it's like, you know, like it's even happening in the Indies because of the the software packages are are much more readily available. Mm -hmm. And
2: frankly, it's always been like that. I mean, even if we go back in time to the arcades and you're playing Pac-Man, it's still a social experience of you're standing around watching someone do something. You've got your quarter on the dashboard to play next. You're trying to beat a score or watch how someone clears a screen or a map. That hasn't changed in the industry ever. It's just how we interact with each other has changed. And I think that's probably a huge driving force behind all of these buyouts and, and conglomerations. The industry is changing. We game in -hmm. our pockets nowadays. Yeah. So they're trying to do something to keep up with how we're evolving to interact Mm -hmm. with each other, how technology is evolving. That's got to be a foundational component to all of this.
0: Strag makes a very good comment too about the console discussion that we were having. He said, you know, space for consoles is much easier. It's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. this, right? and your tv that you already have because you've got (laughs) netflix or a box or whatever to like do versus uh you guys don't i don't have a camera behind me the setup that i have to run this show and game on is ridiculous Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of gamers out there that have multiple screens and a big ass box and things like like to do it properly i
1: i don't know any pc gamer that doesn't have at least two monitors hell you've got do you still have three on yours no, I got when I left Corporate Land, I I cut. You it got back rid of one. you down to two. I got okay. I two. <laughs> only two. Only two. Only. Was, you I planned. Two. I was. And and Sean's right. Like up until like May of this year, I had the three monitor like bank uh-huh. on my desk in my office. Um. So we come back to EA and talk about the the shitty part, the EA portion, probably... Yeah, no, no, sorry. Activision. You mean pushing.
0: Activision? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So, shit on so, Bobby Kotick, so, please. So Bobby
1: Kotick, sadly, everyone. Let's pull uh, one out for him. Be, he's going to be poor after this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, without a job. After after he he's laid off in 2023, he will walk away with a 390 million dollar payout. That's peanuts. And I so this this is the part where i have less issue like some people talking about corporate conglomeration to be bad is that with the video game industry with this acquisition i don't think microsoft is anywhere i think they're going to control maybe maybe seven percent of the market that's why i know it's going to sell past the regulators um, there's too many other big big corporations out there that control huge swaths of the market um but i think that bobby kotick should be leaving with a boot
0: a, a in square his foot up in the behind. behind? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and possibly tarred and feathered? <laughs> Caught on the fence. You know, I, I might I might settle for paper cuts right there. <laughs> right there. That's a hell of a... Yeah.
0: That's a hell of a... From getting a swift kick in the behind to a couple of paper cuts. Like, there needs to be a gradient. Paper cuts here, though. <laughs> right in there paper cuts right there and he still has to use the like he still has to wash his hands a lot mm-hmm. so that
1: you know they're they're clean cuts but man do they sting uh, 390 million dollars Caleb you want to tell everybody what you said in the pre-show about this
2: <sighs> no one needs that much money that, yeah. that's stupid that's a stupid amount of money and what, and what does this guy do he he sits behind a desk. Yeah. What? Three hundred ninety million dollars. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. To leave, by the way, he's getting fired. Technically, that's what he gets. gets for being or fired. retiring. I guess we're not we're not talking about his previous compensation What does he get paid now. That's we're to leave the We're only talking company. about what the check they will cut him to walk out the door. Yeah. I I don't get a
2: check if I quit my job. Especially if there's been some shenanigans going on.
0: Well, and that that's the one that that's the one that kills me is that, and I know that they had to do this to sign the deal. So from Microsoft's perspective, you know, the the thing to mention, uh, is to say is that like Activision Blizzard is not going to continue as a company by itself anymore. It's going to report directly into Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. And I have a sneaking suspicion. And this is just me knowing some of the industry Phil's going to clean house. He does not take
1: the tech bro perspective on some of these things. I, I wanted to touch on this and, and let's come back to that in a second. Cause Kotick, I think we all agree failed. Like all this came to light and then we can talk about the subject that we were actually going to talk about in the beginning, which is, Activision has been fired very quietly until it came out. Uh, I think it was Jason Schreier, who, by the way, is a great games journalist. Schreier has um, been
0: attacked a lot, and he for no reason. He's fantastic.
1: Yeah. This is um, coming
0: from a former journalist. Like, he's got a shit together.
1: There are some times where Schreier has kind of put his foot in his mouth, and I'll I'll grant that. Yeah. But, but his reporting on all this stuff is been top notch um it came out earlier this week which is again why we were going to talk about activision today that they very quietly have been firing people who were related to that sexual harassment probe um they had fired 40 and disciplined and or sorry fired 36 disciplined another 40 but they haven't said why now some of the reporting indicates that it might be some of the people that were conducting the harassment in which case good right Mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of walkouts there's been a lot of other stuff so i wouldn't be surprised if some of these were retaliatory
3: yeah um,
1: Well, these these folks weren't going to clean house. Kotick knew about it the whole time. So for the chat, for anybody to know, the reason the SEC started investigating was this. If Bobby Kotick and the board knew that all this was going on all the way back to 2018, 2019, and it could be proven, and it wasn't disclosed to the shareholders, it's a federal crime. Because this kind of information about these kind of investigations at senior management levels and things like that, must be disclosed to the shareholders so that they can react accordingly. Yeah. And what the SEC is accusing Kotick and the board of doing is not that they knew about all this and that they didn't tell the shareholders and didn't disclose it to the public, which, as a publicly traded company, is against the law. Yeah. The thing so that's that, why I'm at pay, I'm at paper cuts because he should be in jail because well, I'm pretty sure they
0: they knew the whole time. Uh, I mean, you don't go through some of those things and, and Kodak especially is one of those people that is big on appearances and he's been asked very directly, why did you sell the company? And he was basically saying this has nothing to do with the controversy and the calls for him to step down and yada, yada, yada. And,
1: shake his head from his undisclosed location in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly.
2: A different with
1: that. It might be a different location. <laughs> it's still an undisclosed location until you tell me. Otherwise, I think you're in the Ukraine.
0: Yeah. I just, I just think it's, I think it's very interesting that like, and I know that, like I said, from Microsoft's point of view, they get the talent that will be left over and maybe even be able to acquire the talent that left Activision Blizzard and work in a different studio <laughs> um, than Raven software and the ones that are problematic under the Activision Blizzard banner. Um, and I'm very interested to see how much that, that plays into effect with, with the other developers and stuff like that out there, because there's a good chance. I mean, these are like, when you work in game development and stuff like that, it's a very special set of skills. Like you don't go and just become like, you can work in VFX you can work in the movie industry, but you're going to work in entertainment if you've been doing it for a long time, because that's the that's the industry, you know, it's the the setup from a producers to the line producers and everybody like that. Like it's the the, the corporate culture that, you know, or the team culture that, you know. So, you know, when you hear about uh, especially EA shutting down a bunch of studios and stuff like that. Uh, And you see on Twitter and stuff like that of people like trying to get these other folks like hired on at other studios, you know, it's because that's the skill set they know and that's the portfolio that they have. It's creative endeavor. You know, every video game uh, job application that's out there says must have shipped a AAA game or must have shipped this number of AAA games or whatever. Right. That's the portfolio. It doesn't matter if you're the writer, the VFX, the motion people, the soundtrack folks, the texture renderers like it's a portfolio in a creative entertainment industry. And so I'm interested to see how much of Microsoft can try to at least build back some of that credibility once they get rid of Kotick and some of the other board members, because as far as I understand, None of the board from Activision uh, Blizzard is actually going to be on the board. They actually just showed the no. new uh,
1: Xbox, like, what the, yeah, the reporting the board structure will, will look like. Yep. Um, so, again, going to toss it over to Caleb. Again, because Microsoft's such an old company, and because they're so entrenched, again, they're kind of the OK boomer of the tech industry. Do you think that their entrenched HR structures and their other stuff helps fix some of these problems?
2: You'd think so. Maybe. I mean, HR can be a real messy team, depending on the extent of their power and authority, and if their mandate is to just protect the company or actually do what's right. Uh, We're somewhere in the middle. You'd think, though, with something this big that they are going to really strictly enforce that kind of zero tolerance, no nonsense. Let's Mm -hmm. get out all the people that either were responsible or were on the fringe of it so that we can say we're not tolerating any of this. We are a better company.
0: I don't know. And actually, it brings up the idea, too, because there's been a ton of this talk, and I think, Caleb, you brought it up earlier about, and and on this program a few times, we've talked about how uh, prophetic Disney Plus is and how much of a value that is right now, especially as you look at, like, Netflix just raised their damn prices again, uh, and you look at how much content you get from, like, a Disney Plus. It's like there is an upside to the consumer for these conglomerates. (laughs) And Game Pass already is a really pretty good deal in the gaming world. Like, you get a lot of value out of it. And I kind of wonder if that's where some of this is going to go in the long run. And if that is enough to win back customer trust. Because there's a lot of talk about, like, the metaverses and things like that with all these big companies. Which then kind of triggers to me is like, where the hell is Facebook in all of this? And why didn't they... why didn't they acquire Activision Blizzard? Because I'm very interested to know if they're actually going to make a play or not in all of this. Because they're like the only other company that hasn't jumped in, and they have the Oculus, right? The Oculus is theirs. So they, they do.
2: Yeah, I think Oculus is tied up them.
1: They, it is. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about. Like kind of what Caleb was saying earlier, and and what and now what you're bringing up with with Facebook, I don't think Facebook's positioned for it right now, because again, it's it's the same reason why most people still don't have VR setups. So like Strag said earlier in the thing, like everybody's got a TV in their living room, so console's easy. You can just throw it on a mantle and you're good to go. Like VR, even more so than like a PC. Like you gotta like clear some space and like make sure the furniture's not there. Did you put the dog away so they don't run in the middle of your legs while you're trying to beat saber? Like I, I, it's still kind of a a niche. I would say VR is still very niche and And it's a very
2: different type of gaming experience. Yeah. You, You can sit down and play Mario or call of duty or a racing game or anything. You can pick up the controller and figure it out. the, the experience of putting on goggles and acclimating yourself to that type of virtual interaction only appeals to a small group. And you you have to be willing to kind of take that leap. The, 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 the benefit of a, a council game is pretty much that is so common in the zeitgeist, anybody can sit down and play something even if they're not a gamer. But Mm -hmm. it also appeals to that very high-end specialized gamer in the same package. VR stuff is so, so out there. And it's also a a very, it's a very different type of gaming experience. You're doing that simulation, you're doing that Beat Saber. I, I don't, I want to sit down and play Zelda. I can't do that on a VR goggle right now.
1: Right. The only one Yet. the only mainstream game that was VR capable that I almost I literally I almost went and bought VR goggles for was when Star Wars Squadrons came out last year. Mm-hmm. hmm And I was like, I want to be able to like look down and see my legs in a cockpit <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> in an X Wing. Like I almost did it, but I didn't. Because you're right, Caleb, like it's very niche. Like you had to be kind of in a certain mindset to yeah. to get into it.
2: Um, I mean, if if I can play Pokemon in VR game changer but (laughs) we're not there
0: we're not there um speaking of which i really would like a new pokemon style game that's not that's not crap that would be great i actually wouldn't mind pokemon in vr come on you know what you know what nintendo you already have the switch is not a great game uh game console because of the two joy cons on the side bring back the wii remote with the switch console and just give me some goofy ass goggles to put my switch slide my switch into for pokemon in vr
1: i am now convinced after watching a smash tournament this big one that was at the store last week i am fucking convinced that they did that intentionally because do you know what has got it what is a huge thing right now is the old gamecube controllers yeah i have them just for smash i have them just for smash yeah yep like i'm like how many GameCube controllers are out there still? I'm like, you guys are still making GameCube controllers. You don't give a shit about the Joy-Con. <laughs> like, you want to sell Pro, Switch Pro, and GameCube controllers, and that's it. Yep. Okay. Uh, they have them wired and wireless for your for your Smash, Which
0: for your really Smash is needs.
1: Xbox has made the big acquisitions. They bought Bethesda, now they've bought Activision Blizzard. hmm What does Sony do to respond? keep selling ps5s because
0: they're still outselling the xbox one x even though you can't get either one (laughs) they are they are outselling that is the thing they're outselling god of war just came to pc and that sold really well uh Mm -hmm. they are also making the leap into pc market um I believe Square Enix is still part of, or Square Enix is still part of, or are they separate? No, from, they're,
1: they're a separate studio. Okay, because
0: Final Fantasy 14 has had its own resurgence in that side of the world as well. And that's a PC. And that's a PC thing, yeah. exclusive, by the way. You can't I don't think you can play that one on console. You sure as hell wouldn't want to, let's put it that way. Um you know so I I mean I think they I think they, they stand their ground at the moment because they have the better IP that sell the most.
1: Especially single-player like, games.
0: Like, does does Sony go out and buy Ubisoft now? I. Well, okay. So Ubisoft is also another one of those uh, places that have a ton of toxic issues going on. Uh-huh. Uh, that has that's been, why I brought it up. Yeah. No, that's been one of those things that has been kind of swept under the carpet a lot is that Ubisoft, and especially their CEO, has been accused of things even worse than what Kotick and, and Activision has been accused of. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, you would be off kind of a trash company with the C with the C suite there. They hate to say it, kinda is. Um, and so yeah, if Sony was to do that and kind of clean house a little bit over there, that'd be a very interesting proposition to have Assassin's Creed be a PlayStation Under exclusive. Sony.
1: Yeah. Well and, and maybe they could actually do and, something worthwhile with it. See, this is why the French are always a problem.
0: <laughs> I I would like to apologize to our French viewers out there. Hey. Ubisoft French. It's the French's fault.
2: Wow. Oh good, good food. Good food.
0: Yeah. Ah. Ubisoft might implode. It is actually like they're not, they don't have a ton of releases coming out
1: right now. Yeah, the division did didn't that, do well. Like their their newest expansion for Valhalla did really well. Did um, it? Far Cry yeah, it Six Did, did it? <laughs> Valhalla the expansion for Valhalla did well. Valhalla did well. Far Cry Six. Did not. Yeah, did not.
0: Rainbow Six um, is not. Their best game right now. That like is Ubisoft. Their best game right now is Just Dance 2022. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Far Cry 6 is a great one for Joe and I to mess around in. But their their releases lately have not been good.
1: Just not. Um, Odyssey, Odyssey and Valhalla were both. Solid games because they leaned into, as opposed to trying to like play it like straight faced. They leaned into the crazy. They were like, "Fuck <laughs> it, we don't care anymore." Right? We're gonna have fun with this. And when they stop, it's kind of like Thor Ragnarok rock. Uh huh. Right? When you stop taking yourself seriously, right, and trying to be like epic, right, <laughs> you can have some fun with it. That was the thing that that differentiated Thor Ragnarok was they were like, "All right, we're done. We're gonna do something super metal." Yeah. And there's going to be a wolf and he's going to leap off a thing and we'll play a bunch of metal songs. And that's what they've done with Assassin's Creed. They were just like, we tried to play it straight for a while. It worked for a minute. We're done. Mm -hmm. We're just, fuck it. There's mythical creatures and weird shit. And fuck you. Oh, yeah. And the other Watch Dogs 3 did bad, too. Yeah. Legion was very poor. Watch Dogs Legion was
0: bad. Yeah.
1: And I like Watch Dogs. I was going to say, that's coming
0: from a Watch Dogs
1: fan. Uh, Watch Dogs two was great. Was amazing. That main character Marcus. Oh, great! <laughs> all right, all right. Have we have we minded the EA well? You keep saying EA, but it's really Our Activision Blizzard. <laughs> I want to kill EA too. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: Wow. I mean, they do some shady practices. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, Battlefield. I'm still salty about Battlefield. So I'm just saying, you screwed up. You
1: lost to Madden. Copy Pasta Magic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's going to happen. That and FIFA are going to happen forever. Uh, Our last story tonight, uh, because it's also kind of a meaty topic. uh, There was a recent article uh, in Vulture, which is owned by New York Magazine, uh, which was an expose or biography type kind of long, very in-depth article about uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, And I believe, uh, well, let let me put it this way. It was pitched to me by Alex as, "Hey uh, Mallow, I think Joss Whedon is is a dickhead," and I'm like, "Yes, we've established." <laughs> He's like, but "That was I, the big reveal." That was the big reveal. <laughs> but but then he was like, "But I think I think he went and took a, an article with New York Magazine, thinking that it was going to do something for his life, and he ended up screwing that up really hard too." And I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. Let's talk about it because it's Whedon. It's sci-fi. It's cool. It's whatever. Then I read the article. Or skimmed it, more likely, because it's a very long... I'm it scrolling for is, days. It's it is, it is Caleb, a
2: great article. But they Caleb, did their, their you research. So,
0: yeah, Caleb, start us off. Kick us off. You read the whole thing, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this um, in the before Chaos Inc. the other day. Um, and... I don't understand this article. Like I don't I don't understand how he thought it was a good thing to say any of the words he said. I don't understand how his publicist said, You did a good job today. Here's a cookie. This was a shit show. But amazing props to the author of this article. Mm-hmm. Astoundingly well-written. Um, I said this before our chaos Inc extreme the other day in our pre-show chat, like this, this author was very impartial and let the facts speak for themselves. Obviously there was, uh, a lot of a very tough topics to cover in this article and it was done very professionally, um, but what we got into, and I think what was kind of the the driving force of bringing this topic up today was, like, where where does this take us down the divorce between creator and creation, which unfortunately is a huge topic nowadays, especially over the last two or three years.
0: Well, and, and it connects, it, and it connects with the thing too, and how this how we brought bring all of this together. If you couldn't tell, was. Uh, I mentioned earlier about not playing World of Warcraft because of Activision's Blizzard stuff. Mm -hmm. I won't play any of that because of all the bullshit that goes on. Because again, I know that the developers and the artists and several, there's a lot of people at Activision Blizzard that are probably very nice people, probably are the ones being harassed and just wanna do their job. But it's hard to continue supporting and playing that. And during that whole thing, that was the argument. Do you support the company and continue to pay and play so that others can have a job,
1: or do you support with your wallet and not? Which is really the only way. I mean, we can all tweet happy, pappy shit, but really supporting and not supporting with your wallet is the way to do it. Um, on the Weedon article, I'm, I'm with you, Caleb. And especially the part where the journalist got to the point where Whedon was told by his publicist that if he got uncomfortable in the moment, say, Hey, I need to run off and use the loo. Right? So when your publicist tells you that if anybody in the chat ever becomes famous, what you don't do is then tell the interviewer (laughs) that that's what your publicist told you to do after you had already been like, Oh, got to dash off to the loo three or four times. Okay. You keep that to yourself. Yeah, Inside voice. Okay. Inside voice. Because you just killed yourself there. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it was one of the most professionally written, like, bio pieces I have seen. The author didn't try and make Whedon look good. I'm sure his publicist and him thought this was the start of his grand comeback tour. Yeah. It was not. Because he borked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> and because the author whose desk this landed on is a real journalist and was going to ask real questions and say, hey, look, this is the stuff that's going on. Yeah. What do you have to say for yourself? And she was very direct with him and all credit to the writer of this piece. Uh, I'm with you there. Leela Shapiro, the-
0: by the way, let us let us not forget. Leila Shapiro, that is the author of the piece. She's a fantastic, senior reporter for New York Magazine.
1: Yeah, just want to I put mean, that out there. Also, by the way, New York Mag always has great Christmas gift guides. They're my go-to. oh
0: yeah, they do. I also want okay. to say that that she did so much research that uh, she interviewed Scott Kurtz, which is a comic writer here in Seattle who we've uh, Alex has seen me interact with a lot at cons. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, back in the day before a lot of this stuff came out, made a T-shirt that says "Joss Whedon is my master now," and it's and it was designed to be like Jedi Master kind of thing and all like that. Uh, famously also worn by Will Wheaton and all that kind of stuff. Because and the, and the piece starts off about elevating somebody to this like godlike status, and even he has a new quote in here. Basically, you know, uh, where was he saying? Uh, Ta basically he was kind of saying like you know we have this we have this uh tendency to put people you know on, on these pedestals, pedestals. Yep. uh and you know it's unfortunate when we expect them to be human and we find out they're not godlike creatures
1: you well, know and it's not even about not being godlike and and the comparison i'm gonna make is weird out. yes okay and 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 follow me here it's weird Weird Al has had a career spanning four decades now. Yep. Okay. Never once have I heard a whisper of Weird Al sexually harassing the interns at the record studio. Right? right? Not not a hint of it. Okay? Nowhere. There are people and and I love Weird Al, right? There are people who can who can go through life and not be scumbags. And I think there's a difference between being human. Like when I hear somebody struggles with addiction or they're going through divorce. Right. right. Or they, they struggled. That's one thing. Weedon took advantage of people who Whedon, were yeah. under his umbrella. Yes. And that's that's different. Um I mean it just it's it's not the same thing to me
2: right yeah. and the other part of this to get back to the whole how do we separate the mm-hmm. the creation from the creator like wh- where where do we draw the line here, here we've got a person who was abusing his power and treating people like shit and doing terrible things whatever mm-hmm. that actual terrible thing is but then on the other side of the spectrum, we've got people who are saying terrible things. And maybe they didn't treat anybody badly or abuse their station, but they're taking a, a terrible political stance or a socioeconomic stance.
1: We're, we're on the J.K. Rowling run. Sure. Right. Or, or
2: anybody we've talked about over the past couple of years. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we yeah, J.K. Well- Rowling is the easiest.
0: It's, well, it's a very topical, but, it, but it's, yeah. to, it's to the point though. Of like, you can you can have like, Whedon is the stereotypical big shot Hollywood director. Like, mm-hmm. he's the meme. He let himself become the fucking meme. Pardon my French, but like he did, uh, and that kind of stuff doesn't fly. It should have never flown, but it sure as hell doesn't fly in this day and age. Thankfully. Mm-hmm as it should be going away and if you're gonna act like that you deserve to get called out on it like plain and simple like you can disagree with people you can demand you can insist on the highest quality standards in your films and not be a jackass at the same time yeah you can do both things
1: the question to me is does it make you look at something and, and you're supportive of a thing like Firefly, like Buffy, mm-hmm. like the first two Avengers movies. And does it make you pause and go, I really feel different about or don't want to consume this media anymore?
3: Yeah.
2: I don't think there's an answer. It, well, no, let me rephrase that. It, there's, there's a different answer for every person. Yeah. Like.
0: Well, yeah, good.
2: Ev- like Lovecraft. Let's look at, let's go way back. Let's look at that old literature. Uh, are, are we not going to read Lovecraft? Are we not going to read Lord of the Rings? Are we not going to read anything from that era of these terrible people? Where where do we draw that line?
1: Yeah. So, so one of the lines that I saw drawn, and I'm curious about both your opinion on it is this. The difference being Lovecraft is not getting residuals Mm -hmm. for Shadows over Innsmouth. J.K. Rowling and Joss Whedon are still getting residual checks every time you stream Avengers or buy a Harry Potter-related item. Well,
0: yes and no. Is there a difference there? Yes, well, hold on. It, It gets a little bit more complicated than that because Joss Whedon does not get cuts of the merchandising from uh, he gets a DGA checks for. He gets certain DGA checks, but if you go yeah. and buy an Avengers doll, for instance, Do all not, that money yeah. goes. All that money goes to Disney. That's their IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter, on the other hand, I think Roland does get some. She does get merchandising. Okay. Now, that was sold to Warner Brothers, who owns the the film rights to the movie. So again. Mm-hmm. It, is it six she degrees of se- it, but is it six degrees of separation or is it that you're going to be able to kind
1: of? No, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. like is there is there a fundamental difference between like and I'll, I'll use another one. We'll bring up another one. Arthur C. Clarke, right? Phenomenal sci-fi writer, one of the three grandmasters of science fiction. at came out after he died. That the reason he was living where he was living is because he was a pedophile. And it was he was living in a part of the world where that was okay.
2: But all but also what what's the what's the level of infraction we're talking about? Is it that type of um that type of sexual abuse and manipulation and grooming people? Is it having a wrong opinion and doubling tripling quadrupling down on that opinion about people's gender identities is it just having a shitty opinion about the pandemic like there's so many things that get people in trouble nowadays and do right, we and I- treat everybody equally regardless or do we say well okay you didn't you didn't screw around on with people so that's not as bad but you're just an idiot about Vexy.
1: Now, now the chat's brought up two things. Scale matters, and I would agree with that, right? Yeah, I can agree. Um, the only thing I'll say in response to that to Strag is that scale is very personal. And, mm-hmm. and I'll come back in a second. And then BitPlayer brings in current and direct harm inflicted by current actions. And what I think Bit's probably referring to there is J.K. Rowling and her consistent Advocacy against trans rights is continuing to do current and direct harm. Yeah. Right. Uh, As far as scale, again, that scale is going to change. To a trans person, what J.K. Rowling is doing is harmful and dangerous. Whereas what Joss Whedon did is not affecting them directly. Right. It's he was a scumbag to people. Right. well
0: and but it's the do you take up for the people in the principle of it Mm -hmm. right because again i'll go back to the activision blizzard comment i don't know any of the people who work there but if my actions can in some way hopefully help the situation then i think you can sleep a little bit better at night like, I haven't picked up a Harry Potter thing since all that crap came out. Just my yeah. guttural reaction. And I have very knowledgeable about that whole fandom and would love yeah. to teach my young one all of that because the books themselves and the stories that are there on film with Daniel Radcliffe and things like that, which, mm-hmm. by the way, isn't going to be in a Weird Al biopic, uh, which is how this all comes full circle. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, he's going to play Weird Al in a Weird Al biopic. So, there you go. Um, which is the Roku exclusive, which is, yeah, which is why I'll never see it. Um, fire TV for life. Let's go. Um, but like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things of like your moral compass and it has to be a very, it's a very nuanced kind of thing because your moral compass begins and ends, whether you feel personally attached to the people that it affects from a sociological perspective i'm i for one am not trans i know people who are and thus i'm offended on behalf of them because that kind of talk could easily be pointed the other direction to anybody Mm -hmm. that's lgbtq Mm -hmm. and of which then i will start putting up middle fingers when it's pointed at me because i don't give a shit you can attack me all day long i don't care uh but like you know what I'm saying? Like you, you look at it and you bring the, the the degrees of separation, which is part of the, the discourse, especially in this country, of being able to put up this imaginary wall between yourself and some other, which has been the start of world wars. For crying out loud, uh, it's it's very easy, to just ignore certain problems until they become too big. And then it takes even more to walk it back. And I'm not saying you can police morality or even police thought and things like that. No, 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 Because that's never going to happen. But at the same time, you cannot encourage it. And while me not buying anything from Harry Potter or whatever like that does not necessarily directly hurt JK Rowling because she's already made her money, right? She won't make residuals off of anything that I have, but she's already made her money. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like paying the, Bobby Kotick. Go the fuck away. You've made your point.
1: The, go the fuck it's away. It's the burning your Kaepernick jersey concept. Like he already made his money off you buying his jersey. Right. Um,
2: and at, at the end of the day, you're right. We can't police morality. can't police ethics. Um, but
1: we can try. But you what can we encourage can do,
2: What we can do is try to instill a better sense of understanding morality and ethics in our new generation. Yes. Like what we are seeing here in real time over the past two years, five years, whatever, is such a, a dramatic and dynamic evolution and awareness about these issues. Mm-hmm. All of this shit has been happening for the entire span of human existence. It's just that the news cycle is so instantaneous nowadays, and communication is instantaneous and widespread. We know much more about it, and we can all talk about it much easier. Yep. So the the key to our survival going forward is to be able to talk to our children and say, "Hey, Harry Potter's really cool. The person who wrote it has some really dumb ideas." Right. Don't be like that person, but you can enjoy a fun fair. Yeah,
0: because again, so do the, you do you look at it from the perspective of I'm not supporting J.K. Rowling, or are you not supporting Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson? And because they also get the same checks.
1: Those right. are, those are, those are. Wait different. Uh I'm basically on the same kind of boat as you are. Right there are there are authors that I like that are problematic and weird. Uh, some of which I'm able to separate, some of which I'm not. Like I have a hard time reading Clark now. I'm like, God damn it, yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, why did you have to be this? Right. Uh, whereas, like, you know, others I can I kind of get around it. Uh, what I do see a lot of though is a lot of people who are trying to. And what, I, what frustrates me is when I see people shame people. And I'm like, look, you can say don't support this person going forward. Let's use J.K. Rowling, right? Look, am I running out to see the next Harry Potter movie? No. Because she has tainted it for me, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody goes out and sees the movie, I'm not going to immediately assume they're a transphobe. Right. Right. Okay. But I see some of that now, right? I see people acting that way, right? Right. You know, and, and, and that concerns me, right? Well, and th- it's, th- yeah. No
0: good, Caleb. I,
2: I think at the end of the day, we have to define what hurting other people means. Because you can think whatever you want and you can do whatever you want, but mm-hmm. when your thoughts and actions start hurting other people, is where we have to draw the line as humans. Mm-hmm and does hurting people mean i'm i'm hitting you in the face or i'm abusing you physically or mentally or does it mean i'm shaming you or i'm i'm calling you out when it doesn't need to be called out like how do we how do we define it? and how are we take responsibility for and and how do we be selfless instead of selfish so that's how we see the change
1: i think there's a difference between calling out somebody who Votes for a homophobic or transphobic candidate in a local election, say for your state congressperson and somebody who goes to see a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And I fear that we're losing the ability to draw those lines. Because so much of our discourse happens in 240 characters or in three minute TikToks,
0: Mm -hmm. it all has to be boiled down to a point without the nuance. Right. I think nuance is missing a lot from...
1: So, let's come back to Whedon. What Whedon did was shitty. And yeah, he's a hurt- bad person. He is a bad person. And he hurt people. Conversely, he's not going out there going, I think all gay people need to be banned, like Orson Scott Card. Right? So, now while, again, kind of bring this all back, while Whedon thought this was going to be part of his redemption tour... Obviously, it's not because he hasn't made amends for the things that he's done in the past.
2: Correct. Yeah, he's doubling down on the fact that he did nothing wrong.
1: Right. But he's not actively out there hurting entire classes of people. Right. I don't know what you're trying to get at with that one. (laughs) There's no... I, I, I can't... I'm trying to find, like... Where do we where are we drawing the distinctions? I mean it feels
0: to be honest with you, it feels like from reading through the article, Whedon hates all women, except the ones that he's boning. <laughs> I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Right? So yeah, in some ways, yeah, he does hate a class of people. You know? And so that's no. kinda that's like You know, you can talk scale, you can talk however you want to do it. We've been talking about it being nuanced uh, and and more on an individualized basis, right? Um, You know, and and what that does, because if you dig in, you're going to disagree with a lot of creators out there, you know, Mm. but where you draw the line between disagreeing with them on any personal values versus Hey, they've gone and done some harmful shit is going to be, uh, 50 shades of gray in the middle. Mm -hmm. And how far are you willing to step into that gray before you feel uncomfortable? I think is the, the bit of it. And I think to the larger portion is the nuance in discourse and the understanding of the de- the degrees of separation between yourself and somebody who is very different from you has been broken down much farther. And the one minute TikToks and the 240 characters and the Instagram images and things like that and social media. I don't even start about the cancer that is Facebook. Um like all of that stuff only fuels one or the other because it's all about the clicks of what's the most you know, they even read it will serve you up the most controversial posts on purpose because that's what gets the views from a psychological perspective.
2: And we've also got that concept of tribal thought. You're with social media, you're surrounding yourself probably with people that share similar views.
0: Yeah. And and, and it's one of those things where like you can be <laughs> You can be part of a marginalized crowd and hate another part of a marginalized crowd. Yeah. It's just what it is. I don't know. It's one of those things where it it is not an easy subject for it at all.
1: But I think that we should have those discussions as a, I mean, we need to. Yeah. Well, and that's, That was going to my next It's like, I'm glad we're having this conversation with people and in a chat and in a public forum because I think the conversations need to be had as opposed to just not discussing it because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think it I think I think it's OK.
0: Yeah, it's uncomfortable till you can come to some sort of reasonable discourse. And I say reasonable discourse, like quoting like the forefathers who were also racist bigots, but still, um, you know, there's a lot to unpack in, especially in America when it comes to that.
2: Yeah. So. And it, it's also tough because of this whole social media soundbite world of communication that we live in. It's very challenging to have an open conversation. Yeah. Because so much of how we communicate is a statement and then arguing about that statement. Yep. And conversations are really hard, and most people don't like having difficult conversations. Yeah, I don't like having difficult conversations. <laughs> um, but also, like we, I think we've also kind of forgotten that sometimes it's okay to have that a conflict of conversation. It's okay to have a debate. It's okay to be on two different sides of a topic or on multiple sides of a topic, and talk through it without jumping at each other's throats with a knife because that's the only way we learn that's the only way we grow as people and communication is kind of working against us to do that nowadays
0: I find that a lot of things and I invite if folks would like to come onto this podcast uh, and on this live stream uh, find us on the discord add us on twitter so we can have this conversation and more conversations like this because we do this weekly Uh, because I want to have more and more voices on the show for this exact yeah. reason, right? Not every week is going to be a deep philosophical discussion like this, uh, but we can touch on certain themes. Um, you know, certainly we touched on certain themes, you know, that's one of the things we like to do. Even when we were reviewing Book of Boba Fett, we were touching on certain themes uh, that didn't quite sit well with all the panelists uh, and rightfully so. Um, and, and that's okay, right? Um, we want to talk about them in, in, You know where's the line on some of these things too and i think that's important Mm -hmm. you know we've certainly had a we've we've had a bit of a diverse uh group of folks on the show already we want to continue to be even more diverse as we go forward with it so we can continue to have these kinds of conversations um because you know and one of the things that we've done uh with identico and and just as creators in general is that uh, we get a to chance to reflect society back in the work that we make. Um, Hopefully. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's society. No matter what we do, no matter what we say and what we do, it is a reflection of society back into our work, whether we are consciously writing something to make a point or if it just comes out that way. Um, and being able to have that, you know, honest and, and open conversation either through the work that we create, uh, especially in the game and in the associated works, or even just in our live podcasts and stuff like that. Like those are important parts of the discussion. Uh, and the more folks that we have in here talking and, and going forward with it, uh, the better. So. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, It's both silly tamales and deep philosophical stuff. I mean, it does. We, we've definitely had a few, We've definitely had a few moments of that in both shows so far, um, we because do. you know there's just uh, I don't know if it's still it's probably not pinned, but again, it you know Cyberpunk is not just cool neon clothes.
1: No, oh, no, yeah, it's it's, it's, just, still it's a lot of to-
0: philosophical stuff in there. Yep. Um, uh, and we dive deep into it on purpose. But if
1: y'all would like, if y'all would like a tamale as we close, uh, Weird Al was quoted yesterday after the news about Daniel Radcliffe playing him. That Weird Al said, "At the end of Daniel Radcliffe's career, this is the role he will be remembered for." <laughs> <laughs> he's playing Weird Al. <laughs> okay, so there's your tamale chat. I okay. love it. There's your tamale. We're coming back to. We came back around. Radcliffe. We got it. Yep. We're gonna g- give you the last one again. Weird Al. This will be the role he's remembered for. Is playing me. <laughs> I love it. You know, By it's way, funny. I can't, it's I can't
2: funny. wait to see him in that wig. That's that's I'm excited. I was actually for that.
0: if you click on if there's a link in our in our chat right now and like the picture of the two of them sitting next to each other is uh it's eerie like how much he could just I, shave a little bit of the beard and get and just either grow out the hair and make it curly or get the wig on and holy crap I man. thought it was
1: really interesting casting when I heard it I was like that's who they're gonna get here's the other thing, and this is why. So this is what weirded me out. Um, Weird Al
0: is six foot. Yeah, he's very tall. He's a tall man. He is
1: six foot. Daniel Radcliffe is five five.
0: He's a very short man.
1: <laughs> like, I'm like, like, it's going to be next to each other at the premiere and <laughs> see how this works out. It's going to be
0: like the Hobbits in <laughs> Isengard. They're going to, they're going to put, they're going to put Gandalf on his knees so they all look, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know,
2: foreground and background, uh, exactly.
0: Yeah, how they shot Elf,
1: know. how they shot Elf, you know, offset and yeah, platform heels. <laughs> I don't know. There's part of me that thinks this isn't a real project, that it's actually just one giant troll for like a music video that Al's gonna do.
2: Al would do that. That's the thing, like, yeah,
1: and that's my point is that <laughs> you just don't know because he's a weird guy
2: it w- it would be great if it was like an actual movie but the movie was all a joke like everything I mean, in the movie was
0: look weird same. Al made uhf okay if you still ever want to know anything about it like i don't know still a damn good
1: movie it's still really I,
0: it's a fantastic movie it's
1: like I, I think it's available on Prime Video if you want to watch it. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm, I'm looking right now. I think it's I think it's available on Prime Video right now. If you'd like to watch it, I don't know. I, I grew think, up on Weird Al. I, I love the guy still. Well, and
0: again, it's another one of like it's one of those ones where. Um, uh, it's one of those ones where you never hope that anything bad ever comes out about him because you don't want to believe it to be. I
1: would say, please, you know? God, don't let yeah. all the gods in the world and space, yeah. please don't let us find out that after after Wheeldell dies that he was like diddling buddy rabbits or something. What, like, <laughs> God? I actually kind of
0: think if you ever met his wife, Suzanne, I think she would probably murder him, though, to be quite honest. like He's, he's one of those guys that I think mur- like married a very headstrong. She's a She's a marketing executive for 20th Century Fox so that okay. leads credence to the fact that like maybe this is actually going to happen because like you know she's got some she's got some connections in the industry and stuff like that but i honestly think there that like um you know other than we being strange guy. yeah other than being strange you know wearing hawaiian shirts and making music videos and stuff like that i you know so far knock on wood you know nothing you know maybe his i mean his I, band has been with him for like 50 years or something shit like that too I, like
1: i've only got like two or three like idols left that haven't been wrecked for me so
0: <laughs> i don't and i never want to meet him it's, never meet him i'm never gonna meet him nope. <laughs> and that's from and that's from a 20-year career of meeting many of the people that i loved. so uh we'll just we'll leave it at that uh all right caleb if they want to learn more about your work, your projects, where can they find you?
2: Um, I am on the socials at the Caleb G. Am, of course, I'm here on the Identico streams with Chaos Inc. Uh, you can also hear some of my stuff over on the RPG Academy. I've been on some very old games. <laughs> uh, we, we are we have been playing 13th Age on their Twitch stream. We are trying to bring that back for an epic five episode conclusion. So that should be coming up soon-ish. And then then we might be bringing back an old favorite game, and I'll be stepping back into the GM chair for that one.
1: Let's go. Oh. We need to, we need to to Michael, we need to get another another uh, identical game over there for you guys, even just a one shot. Yep.
2: I think we can make that happen.
0: Yep. Yeah, Alex. So yeah, that's me. Other than this show, where can people find you uh,
1: seven you days can a week? Find me at the Gamers Heaven store in Linwood Washington. That's where you can find me these days. You can find me on all the socials at Alex the Humanoid, where I opine and do silly things and videos. Uh, and of course, you know, he kind of uh, plans them out these days too. I watched I him do to, it yesterday. I'm, I'm doing like three campaigns right now because it's just yeah a lot. Hey, Going and I'll on. be there for the Identico uh,
0: live one. It's still tomorrow night, right?
1: Yes. Okay. I'll coming? be there Good. for the Identico
0: oh. one tomorrow night. Hey. Yay. Identico uh, played live uh, at Gamers yes. Heaven every Thursday. So I'll be to there tomorrow PM night.
1: Tomorrow? I got to wash an Identico
0: shirt, so I actually look like I belong there. Uh, but I'm there, there as well go. sometimes. Yes. You know? And so come see us there. That's that's pretty much me. Yep. Go support it. It's a really fun store We had a lot of fun putting things together Uh, And again, my name is Mallow. You can find me uh, at the Mallow Man everywhere uh, Literally just about everywhere including outer space soon Uh, That's it for this week's show Uh, if you want to catch up on everything else again our YouTube channel uh, Just search Identico there Uh, Come back not this Monday but uh next monday will be the next episode of chaos inc uh and until then we will see you on the socials uh and uh come join our discord we have a lot of fun in there too uh we do Mm -hmm. a lot of mini painting and all sorts of good fun geekery stuff there so come check it out uh until then uh stay safe uh mask up go get your vaccine and your booster uh if you are able uh Wildling is in the chat, so she would like me to remind you to drink your water and take your vitamins uh, and just be good to one another, okay? We've had enough. We had a very long discussion about it tonight, but honestly, all of it can be solved if you just be good to one another, okay? Love you all. We'll see you again next week, alright? Good night, everybody. Good night.